Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's a mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 267, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We are live and in living color. Getting funky like a monkey, if you will, like we do every week, ladies and gentlemen. We have fun interviews every week, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we talk about the latest headlines. 267 episodes. This is the Pancakes Power Sam Show. Five years and like four weeks or something like that. Five years and five weeks, something like that. But it's been a while, and you guys continue to support the show like crazy. One of the hottest independent podcasts, pro wrestling, in the planet. And we have the support to back it up. And thank you so much for continuing the support. You guys are absolutely awesome. I'm really excited to talk about, uh, talk with this wonderful, wonderful uh, young but old wrestler. I've I've had a few of those uh, people who are still young, but have been in the business for quite some time. This person started when he was a a teenager, and we'll talk more about it and, of course, his time in NXT and and Impact Wrestling. So I'm really excited to talk to none other than NXT's Marcus Louis and Impact Wrestling's Baron Dax. How are you tonight, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? It's great, man. Great to have you live on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So... You, Darren uh, Burridge, he, he did some really uh, good work in the UK, uh, the person uh, who, who trained you. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you get connected with him? Was it something that uh, uh, interests you? And you were, what, 14 years old when you started off? 
Well, actually, it was it was it was later than that. I mean, uh, I know uh, I can think there's uh, there's uh, there's been like some uh, uh, like on the internet it says that I'm uh, that I'm a little younger than 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 what I am. <laughs> I started I started when I was young though. But uh, what I did is that I was actually living in uh, in the Republic of Ireland. I was living in Dublin, and uh, what I did is that I mean I was I was always a wrestling fan, obviously. And then um, they had a uh, a wrestling uh, gym over there that uh, also was uh, running uh, shows all over the country uh, called Irish Whip Wrestling, and uh, and uh, where basically the uh, the the uh, Darren Burridge was the uh, eventually the, it was initially the uh, the, the, the trainer uh, at the gym, and uh, there was other guys as well, and that's how actually I I, I found them. Not by accident, but I did. I did find them kind of randomly, and I said to myself, "Well, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and try out." And the very first person I actually met walking into that gym was Seamus. It was wow. the very, very first guy I met, and <laughs> and uh, and basically, yeah, I started training over there, and um, and then yeah, the 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 the, the rest is uh, is uh, is history, if I can say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Seamus, uh, yeah. did you did you did you have any uh, interesting moments with Seamus while you were there? That uh, uh, Seamus Seamus is a great guy. He really is like one of the most genuine uh, human being like I've ever met. He's literally like one of those individuals that is just a kind person, like a really nice person, like genuine. And uh, but he's, he's he's old school in many ways, and I remember my very first session was uh, he had me uh, uh, taking bumps after bumps after bumps on a very tiny gym mat uh, until I got it right, and uh, and he basically told me like I mean at the time obviously he, uh, he he obviously didn't know as much as he know as he knows now, but like uh, he was always very keen on passing on all of the knowledge that he that he learned from. Uh, from people that he uh, that he that he uh, wrestled with, in, uh, especially in the UK and, uh, and in Europe, and uh, yeah, so he was basically like um, someone that that showed me a lot of stuff, that told me a lot, and uh, and a great guy to be around inside and outside the ring, and uh, yeah, that's uh, nothing nothing but good thing to say about Seamus. That's awesome. great guy. Awesome. Yeah, did you uh, did you get any like moves or mannerisms for uh, from him because you guys uh, kind of played you know still still because uh, we're going to talk about your NXT time and just your Marcus mm-hmm. Louis, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, both just European powerhouses is yeah. that uh, kind of something you picked up from him? It was like I mean I've learned I've learned a lot from him like wrestling uh, wrestling with him uh, in training and on shows and. Uh, it, the thing is, there is a uh, there is a European uh, style. It's obviously the, the the British style, if I could say. But there is a European style that you find in France, and Germany, and all in the UK. Yeah. And uh, and it's and he basically told me how to wrestle like a, like a heavyweight, you know, like because obviously I'm not I'm not a I'm not a, a smaller uh, wrestler myself. So he really like told me how to do how to do things a certain way. And uh, yeah, I definitely uh, there's definitely there's a lot of things that I've learned from him and uh, that I've uh, made my own and uh, replicated and uh, in many in many ways, especially in the art of uh, villainry, if I could say. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. 
So who was it that uh, allowed you to get your break uh, in NXT now? Did you uh, spend some time in uh, just, like, as far as developmental territory, I know yeah. they were, they, they went out of FCW. It was it was full on NXT, mm-hmm. I believe, the time yeah. that you uh, got signed on. Now, so, was it? Was it still like a performance center type of thing? Who who gave you uh, who? How did you get that opportunity? Well, basically, uh, <clears throat> how it started was um, I had a tryout in uh, in the UK uh, back in 2012, uh, where I was in uh, London at the time, and uh, uh, I was just a small like as an extra initially, and then I was uh, I made a good impression, so they called me back for a three day tryout this time in uh, in Birmingham in the UK, uh, the same one where Becky Lynch actually got, got signed. And, oh. um, and, uh, so we spent three days over there. Uh, you basically go through like a lot of drills, a lot of like cardio conditioning. Uh, but at the same time you get like to be, to, to actually have a match as well as, uh, as doing, uh, promos and interviews. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on in, in, in the tryout. Uh, there was even like improv as far as like theater improv that you actually had to, to, to perform and uh, there was loads of stuff and uh, and they liked me and they basically they they offered me a contract and then uh, I started with the beginning of the performance center in 2013 I actually was never in FCW I uh, started right away with the performance center in Orlando um, mm-hmm. in, uh, in, uh, in 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 the summer of 2013 and uh, yeah so right away at the time it, it became NXT it was no longer it was no longer FCW. Uh, right at that time, yeah. yeah. Now, and, uh, yeah. So that's, that's how I started it? Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. who was it? Who was there in the UK that was scouting? Was it Regal? There was, yeah. There was. Uh, so Regal was there. There was Jim Ross at the time, uh, Jerry Briscoe, uh, Norman Smiley, Robbie Brookside, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and uh, and of course uh, Canyon Seaman, the, um, uh, the 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 head of uh, talent relations. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. We all know Kenyon Seaman from the uh, the Breaking Ground uh, episode yeah. series on the on the WWE Network. Every time someone goes into that the dreaded room, are you, are you uh, <laughs> getting raised or are you fired? <laughs> yeah, they made it. He's, uh, they he's, make Kenyon he's, he's a good, he's a good guy. I, I gotta say, he's I mean, I know we see he's got he's got a tough job because it's not it's not easy to 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 let yeah. people go. But um, like I've never had any problem with 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 Canyon. Always been like very very nice to me. Even like you know when when they let me go, they were always like they were very much like ready to help me. Especially considering I'm I'm a foreigner as far as like you know uh, helping me out. Um, yeah. No, honestly, no, I don't. I, I'm, you know, he's got a tough job, and I don't know how. how uh, probably on breaking ground, he was portrayed a little bit more uh, as a bad guy than he actually is. I think he's a. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good guy. I do, I, I do like I, I do like Hanyan. I think he's a good guy. That's good. So, what pointers did you get from Triple H? Well, so Triple H, um, Triple H is very much the uh, the head of uh, of NXT, and everything goes through him. Everything is. Uh, He's got really complete uh, control from it. So he's got. He'll be very hands on. Um, as far as, 
as far as, as, as NXT and direction. I didn't deal that much with him. Uh, I only started really dealing with him uh, from the uh, the hair versus hair match at the NXT takeover, and uh, and the subsequent uh, change in in character. Uh, but yeah, he's he's very hands on. He's very um, uh, uh, how can I say that? Um, he's, yeah, he's he's, he's going to give you he's going to give you loads of like uh, ideas and feedbacks and way and way to do things. So yeah, he's he's very much uh, he's he's, he's um, Although, although he's, a, he's how can I say that? Although he has a role that is like uh, uh, very broad on, uh, in NXT, he's still, he's still, I mean, he still spends a lot of time like with the talent and uh, doing a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, I've seen him like um, doing like like helping guys on like the. Uh, I've seen him rehearsing uh, with talent entrances over and over and over until you know the people get it right. You know, really like. There's a lot of that, especially like with the uh, um, with some of the uh, some of the younger, if I could say, uh, uh, talents who were like getting ready to basically make their way on the on the, on the main roster. It was very very yeah. hands-on for sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's funny that you say the interesting thing because he, I saw that with uh, Aaliyah. Um, mm-hmm. I saw that with also uh, Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, yeah. Just getting them ready for big events, the the takeover events. As far as just and I, and I'm a big fan of that too. Just that I, I think mm-hmm. I always say this. I, I say wrestling is seventy percent of what happens outside the ring, thirty percent of mm-hmm. what happens inside the ring. Because we have to be involved in your character. We have we have to be just basically engulfed and intrigued in your character before we care about mm. what happens inside the ring. Yeah. And so I, oh, that's, sure. that's the element uh, of Triple H that I really appreciate. Just the, uh, just the, the cadence, just this matching the, uh, cause he was, he was, you know, there was some footage I saw with him and Finn Balor, uh, yep. just as far as, you know, when he, when he puts the arms out, just the music and the lights, yeah. all of those theatrics, this really mm-hmm. helps within building a character and I do I, I agree with you one hundred percent with that. Speaking of the hair versus hair match, yeah, that's one of the first times. I mean, you you you, you know you were teaming with Lafort for for a bit, yep. Um, and then that's really the match with Enzo Amore really puts you on the map as far as a singles character. Mm-hmm. What was the yeah. decision as far as breaking away from Lafort? Well, the decision. Um... I mean, this 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 decision to me, in my opinion, was was a rash decision that was made by uh, by, by 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 them. Uh, yeah. What it is that I started teaming. It was the initial idea was uh, Regal's uh, idea. It was uh, me me and and the four be uh, uh, teaming uh, as the engineers. He was just coming off. Uh, he had like he had a, a knee injury. Then he started basically managing people. Mm-hmm. And then he was like eventually clear to get back in the ring. So we, we basically presented a project that was like uh, that, that that actually got a lot of uh, matches on live events. Uh, we spent a lot of time obviously in, uh, in doing promo work with Dusty Rhodes, and and it was working really well. It was getting really good reactions on live events. It was uh, it was very entertaining. It was very uh, character based with uh, a lot of really. Um, it wasn't just the oh they're just two foreign bad guys it was like there was a lot more to it it was a lot of personality and a lot of like um character work and i think it was working yeah. really well um unfortunately on 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 the nxt television show 
we didn't really get the time to develop for 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 main reason was that um there were at the time there was two reasons at the time they were launching the uh Rusev and Nana package so they didn't really want to have a second act that would have the same kind of like foreign mm-hmm. uh heat reaction if i could say um like to the point that we were told not to use the the french flag on the show they were told us no you can't use the french flag because it's it's Rusev thing and um and and uh, also there was like I believe that there was there were people in uh, in in um, within uh, NXT that 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 didn't really um, I can say that that didn't really like uh, the, the, this this the success we were getting on live events and they were very quick to want us to to break us apart so they could bring the uh, four back as a as a manager and um, that's 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 really how it started so basically. There was there was a couple of things uh, going on. Like there was there was a time I can tell you that uh, there were we were actually told by people who were already on the main roster. They said, like, "Oh well, they're thinking about bringing the French guys together." And I know that that didn't that didn't go well with some people because that meant we were going to get ahead of uh, other people. So obviously there were there were people within NXT who were like um, not too pleased with that. And uh, so that there was definitely I believe a uh, a strong, um, a strong uh, will to, to, to get us uh, separated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of turning me into a crazy guy was actually, I believe, uh, Triple H's and uh, and uh, and to an extent Dusty Rose's idea, uh, but more Triple H. Basically, they liked my my facial expressions, and they thought, oh, maybe we should like turn him into a crazy guy. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he came up to me one day after a match uh, where I was managing uh, the fort, and uh, he said, "Oh, like, we, how about like, you know, we we we, I just want to like uh, shave your head, blah blah blah, make you look like uh, a little bit more of a of a psychopath." And then and then there was not much to it after that. And then like a couple of couple of uh, in the next tapings, it was uh, it was more it was more. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna turn you into this. We're gonna turn you into that. And yeah. um, and uh, and basically, and the exact words that were used by Triple H were, "I promise you, this is comedy, but we're gonna bring you back, and you're gonna be some sort of like a mankind with abs." Those are the exact words that he that he used. That you're gonna be you're gonna be like mankind with abs. And um, <laughs> and uh, so basically, that was that was the, that was the idea. And that's yeah. actually how the hair versus hair uh, thing came. Like, what really annoyed me about this the whole thing is that. Uh, us two with Enzo and Cass was like a, like a really perfect match in terms of like mm-hmm. on many levels because yeah. uh, Lefort and, and Enzo were both like very much over the top uh, individuals, very similar in many ways. And there was and we were we were doing, doing great stuff on live events, and there was like a really great opportunity to have this program being the. Uh, how can I say that the entertainment, um, the entertainment uh, matches in the right in the middle of the car that would actually bring like uh, a lot of life in another time, a, a tag team division that was very thin. There was just yeah. the, the ascension that was squashing people, and that was it. So it was really like I felt like that that annoyed me that it was so quick, and uh, even more so that after that that they. They really went into a split that was like incredibly quick, with no uh, no build up or no uh, no no real payoff. Um, 
I thought it was very rushed, and that's that's really the only part that that to me like uh, was annoy- annoying. But um, yeah, so that was that was Triple H's idea, and it was like like I can give you an example, like when when I was uh, the night of takeover. If you want a fun story, um, Triple H is actually the guy who shaved my head in the back. He was actually shaving my head and my eyebrows in the back. That was him. To tell you how hands-on he was. And he was laughing like a hyena with him and, and Matt Bloom or like shaving my head, like in the, in the mid, like in six minutes in the dark, they were just doing that. And it was just like an insane moment. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so that was, that was the, that was the whole idea, but I'm, I'm actually jumping to, I might be jumping into a different uh, question you might have, but the, I think what, what the problem was with this whole storyline is that NXT was living through a shift at that time where they were launching the network and they wanted to move away. Like when I was recruited, WWE was very much about, they wanted entertainment. What they wanted at a tryout, they wanted people who were larger in life, who could tell stories in the ring on the microphone. They wanted basically the basic, uh, the, 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 the traditional WWE superstar. And, um, and when I when back at that time, they, they started to shift from, from this to go into really, and uh, a wrestling-based show, and uh, this, that's when they started to bring like those uh, those independent superstars, like you know, like Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, um, uh, Kenta, all these guys. You know what I mean? They were they were brought specifically to bring that kind of um, uh, credential, if I could say, to the to the show. So basically, all the characters started to being cast aside, yeah. uh, and they started to we did this. We, uh, I call it the NXT character extinction because that's that's what it was. The only one that was left was Tyler Breeze, but all the all the other characters. There was some great character work that was done at the performance center on live events. All of that pretty much was shut down, and myself included. And uh, and that's 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 what happened. What happened afterwards, and it was just a uh, yeah. That's that's uh, that's unfortunate because there was a lot of there was a lot of good things that that that, that could have been done, but. Uh, oh yeah. There's a lot of a lot of empty promises and uh, and and that's that's yeah that's uh, that's that's too bad. I think there was a there was a lot of things to be done with the Legionnaires as a tag team. There was a lot of things to be done with Marcus as a crazy guy, especially while keeping him with uh, with the fort. There was a lot of stuff that could have been done. They wanted to do a, a storyline with uh, with me and Tyler Breeze that they started teasing on the show that they never did, uh, which would have been like a really completely over the top, like some of the ideas that were given to me was really, really like cool. There was like a, a real do you remember like the uh, there was a storyline on WWF which was uh uh Goldust and Mankind and they wanted to oh, do yeah. something like similar between the two oh, of us. Wow. There was a lot of stuff that was like that was ready to be to be done and that was like really creative and really fun. But I I believe that the reason why Triple H didn't pull the trigger is because because they were shifting. I think the, the needs of the network were to basically move away from this character-based wrestling into a more, uh, if I could say, strong style, if that makes any sense, as in like, yeah, in a, yeah. like a wrestling-based product as opposed to a character-based mm. product. And mm. I think that's unfortunately uh, why we didn't see much of me in the tag team or me in a, as, a, as a solo wrestler. Is um was the, was the, exactly that that reason. It was just the, the, I think they were in a very much in a hurry to to get uh, Kevin Owens over to get um, all all those guys that they wanted 
you know, to be over. The, the, and they became the, 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 the prominent part of the show. And everybody right. else is kind of like pushed aside to make room for them, which, which I understand is from, from a business point of view, it makes sense. It's just that obviously for me and other people in the same situation as I was, then it, it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, well, you could have filled a role. You know, it just seems like they weren't confident enough to give you that role, but you could have had. I mean, I remember, I remember watching that. I remember watching when, mm-hmm. you know, LaFort lost and then they deferred mm-hmm. the hair, you know, uh, cutting to yeah. you because LaFort was supposed to be the one who got his hair cut, yeah. you know. Uh, so I, rem- I remember that, and I remember just the psychotic type of, uh, yeah. you know, just look and, and, and all that. But I, I thought that, that was absolutely hilarious as, as far as just as the potential and of it. And I think that, that, that was the idea. The, 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 the whole idea was to basically um, start off in a um, in Comical. a comedic setting, yeah. in a comedic yeah. setting where – you have this in like this improbable situation where you know uh, I end up with the one being uh, getting my hair shaved, and I end up the one being bullied by people for you know for looking a certain way, and uh, and the, the the initial idea was to be a, a longer uh, uh, story where basically where Sly will basically be taking advantage of this, where he will actually use me as this dog on a leash kind of deal, you know, where, and gradually mm-hmm. the character will move on from being, um, from being just this all comedic French guy to being this like more and more crazier, moving into more like the initial, the, the mankind, the original yeah, mankind character. That was the idea to make it like read this like um, demented kind of character. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, and but it, unfortunately they were I don't know they were just in a, in a very much in a rush to basically um, and and the legionnaires and they didn't let this uh, this take take form and uh, and I don't know it was just uh, it was it was too bad I mean I know there was a couple of stories like like to give you how much uh, how how valuable I mean how much they were valuing this 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 uh, story and a lot of people don't know, don't know that but like for example when Neville uh, when Adrian Neville was supposed to go on the main roster, I was supposed to, he was supposed to be having his last program with me. That was basically the idea initially. They wanted to, uh, uh, before, before he goes up, to basically, uh, to allow me to get my character on the, on the map, is to have a, like a small program with him where he, uh, he would like with both of us would end up looking strong, you know what I mean, and 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 to basically solidify this 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 newer, more less comedic and more serious character, um, uh, basically on the on the on the map of NXT. And then there was obviously the the idea of 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 the of the Tyler Breeze uh, storyline, which which was gold. Like we had like one segment in the ring, which I thought was great. It was probably one of Tyler's best promos i really thought it was really good it's like i was listening to him under the under the tower it's like i thought it was great and um and then they wanted to do the stalking thing and then they wanted to do like to actually turn it around where it would actually be like um i'll be basically his guy as opposed to being you know um his opponent mm-hmm. and there was a lot of like basically great ideas and great like character stuff that that are really valuable and uh and I know Dusty Rhodes as well was very much into that. He thought it was like a great, a great idea. But again, it was it, it never materialized because of uh, because of the 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 the, the NXT basically moving away from uh, 
from that. And it was it was very hard. It was it was hard for me because not because of the situation itself, but because you know you put so much work into it, like 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 on on every live event. And uh, and I was really I was really happy with how the like the, the work of the character was going. Like I thought, like I had some really good matches, I believe, with uh, with Solomon Crow. Like of all the people that I worked with on one on one. With him, with as well with Gold Envy, there was a lot of like really good stuff that was that was that was being done. But uh, once again, it was just like it was just there was no room for it. It's like like I, I used to I used to joke about that, but it's like say if you if you you can play the best the best Spider Man in the world, and you could be the best at playing Spider Man if they're playing Shakespeare. You know, which you, your Spider Man has no room on it. You know, <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> that's that's pretty much the idea. Like so. And it's it's too bad, but I mean the cool thing is that I got to wrestle with with Finn Balor on TV. I got to you know what I mean I got to do a couple of cool stuff with that character. Yeah. It's just uh, yeah, it was just a pity that. Uh, but to tell you how like how after that they had like very little idea because like the, you know the group Sanity that is on NXT. Yeah. Initially, yeah. Sanity, Sanity was supposed to be was supposed to be Solomon Cross, Sammy Callahan, myself, and Sawyer Fulton. Were the three people who were supposed to be sanity at first? Oh wow! Um, hmm. Yeah, but then it was like a long. Eric Young like just a, had an interview, and he and he said that Triple H told him that he's had that idea for a while. So yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I was told I was told about this idea in uh, late 2015. It was probably I think September 2015, where I was told. Uh, uh, well, Triple H himself came and said, oh, I have this great, great idea for you guys, blah, blah, blah. We're going to bring you in as a, uh, as a, as a trio of, uh, you know, like, uh, like a sort of punk looking people, you know, like Mad Max kind of looking people. And, uh, and then there was supposed to be then, yeah, Crow, myself and, and, and Fulton. And, uh, but it was like a long term. It was a long, long, it was a long shot already. And then obviously, uh, Callahan left, uh, NXT. Uh, and then it was like there was a different talk. It was like they were talking about bringing like somebody new to actually be the uh, the, the 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 leader, if I could say, of this faction. And now I know there were talks of like, was Crow supposed to be? I think so. I mean, it was. I don't think it was. I, I, I don't think they were supposed to be a leader. I think it was a no leader kind of group initially. Okay. Uh, but like we were supposed to have very different kind of um, personalities within this. Uh, this group, I think, uh, uh, like it was, it was very interesting because <coughs> um, Crow, Crow is a is a brilliant wrestling. Uh, he's a, I, I love him as a wrestler, and I and I think he's great, he's got a great wrestling mind. And uh, and it was like the role that they had for him, if he had materialized, would have been really good. Same for me, and same for for Sawyer. Uh, but then he left, obviously, and that's that's. Uh, that, that that kind of like halted the plans a little bit, although I didn't think he was well, going to be that quickly. I can see why he left though, because they kind of put him into the hacker gimmick, and it just wasn't really yeah. going too well. Well, the thing is, look, uh, I think what happened is like Sammy is Sammy is in the same situation as I was and as other people mm-hmm. were. Is that he was he was in a situation where they didn't they they didn't want to do anything with him. They didn't yeah. see they didn't see him as. Uh, they didn't want to like it was. It wasn't the only one. Like you remember, like C.J. Parker, who been who Juice oh, yeah. now in, in in New Japan. There's mm-hmm. been other guys like that who were like, 
um, Leo Kruger to an extent, you know what I mean? Or uh, became Adam Rose, and then like they really, didn't really do anything with, with, with him. And it's just like there was a whole bunch of people who <clears throat> who were in, this, in, a, in a kind of a similar situation. So I think he probably realized that uh, Sammy probably realized that um, that it wasn't going to be like anytime soon, and um, and he left to basically like. Uh, to 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 basically go back to you know to, to 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 do like to try to basically go back to 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 where it was and and then and then and, and reinvent himself and uh, and uh, <clears throat> because one thing you need to understand and people don't realize that is that um, like NXT is like is a twenty four seven deal you know what I mean it's like you you you're working already six days a week like you're there Monday to Saturday Saturday it is Sunday you might get like ten hour rest. <laughs> It depending where you have your show on a Saturday night, but um, and it's like constantly. So the ment the the psychological pressure is um, is really like it's very intense because obviously you you have the physical aspect. You get like you know you you get beat up every day and that kind of stuff. But the psychological aspect of it is that because you want it so bad, like it's like with every setback, it just kind of like. You know, and you you can't, you you're in that you're in that bubble. You know, you when you're like if you're on the Indies, you can you know you work different towns every time, different promotions or whatever. But when you're in NXT, you know you you're in there. You know what I mean? And and it's the yeah. constant. Um, and like I said, you have people promising you stuff. You know, like I was talking about, like when when Triple H himself on four different occasions tell me, "I promise you," you think it's gonna happen, right? <laughs> if the boss tells you, "I promise you," it's yeah. happening. <laughs> But, yeah. you know, when it doesn't happen or it gets delayed or, you know, creative comes up with a great idea and it doesn't happen, it just, like, it just eats you up. And, it, like, psychologically, it's it's a very it's very draining. So I think um, I think eventually you need to make that decision. And I think for for, for Sammy, he made the right decision. Um, and I know that, uh, that uh, who else, like, Juice as well did the same, did a really good decision by moving, going to try out in, in New Japan. It's just, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was the right. I think for him it was the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with that. Let's let's talk about your time with Impact real quick. Um, yeah. So 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 you went back. You so you so Baron Dax. Um, yeah. As Baron Dax, the uh, tribe mm-hmm. came back. Um, so, what what was the idea behind that? Because really didn't you guys really didn't do too much now there was reports that there were some some traveling issues that kind of separated oh, yeah. uh, the relationship between you two how valid is that well basically uh what it is that when we were uh, after we left NXT um we were basically released uh the two of us uh at the same time and uh we uh we tried out with uh with uh TNA uh, was Impact, and they were obviously very interested in the package of having the two of us as a, as a team. Uh, what we couldn't do, obviously, is sign up with them while we were because when you in, when you were WWE, if they release you, you have a 30 days where you are technically under contract with them with WWE, so you can't sign a new contract. So we had to basically had to wait till this this expired, uh, so we can basically start working with. Uh, with Impact as well as sorting or visa, uh, transferring a visa from WWE to to, to Impact Wrestling, and mm-hmm. um, and this, they they basically they were very interested in that, and they um, they wanted us to be basically this uh, 
for inducting uh, called the tribunal uh, with uh, obviously myself and and and, and Tom. And um, and no, I, I, they wanted us at first to be uh, the um, the European uh, this European tag team that was brought in by by Arsenal, who is running his own school in uh, right. in, in in the UK. Okay. Yep. And, uh, and 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 basically, we worked we worked in there for for for, for a little for a little while for a year. And uh, I mean, we were, you know we were happy with them; they were happy with us. But obviously, what what happened is is uh, as you are well aware now. Impact Wrestling went through quite a bit of financial turmoil, and uh, and uh, we unfortunately we had to move out of the U.S. Uh, Tom and myself because you know TNA wasn't getting a lot of dates, uh, and when when you're a foreigner in the United States and you're a wrestler, you can only work for the promotion that got you the visa. So mm-hmm. for example, I, I wasn't allowed to go work on independent shows. I wasn't allowed like even if technically with TNA I could have worked on any show I wanted. Um, I wasn't allowed to buy basically legally, so yeah. um, so we ended up uh, having to uh, to move because what we were told initially when we were signed is that obviously there were going to be live events, they're going to be international tours. So you know we said okay, we can stay in we can stay in Florida, you know if if the business picks up, it might be it might not be obviously as as lucrative as WWE, but we will make like a you know a decent living from there. But obviously that didn't materialize, so we had to. We had to leave, and obviously the uh, the whole um, uh, the whole Billy Corgan uh, anthem uh, story uh, happened, and uh, I was moving to Vancouver. Can- I was in I'm in Vancouver, Canada, obviously, and um, and Tom is back in France, and they couldn't like they said to us that they couldn't fly us internationally, that they were very happy with us, they wanted us to to come and work for them, but they couldn't fly us from. Uh, from uh, from abroad, and uh, so we went back and forth, and uh, and unfortunately we uh, we there was no there was no solution, so you know we we eventually uh, parted ways uh, with them. We were we were in good term. It wasn't like it wasn't anything personal. It was just a logistic uh, matter. Yeah. And uh, but I mean I, w- I was happy. We was like I gotta say I gotta say I know Impact doesn't get a, a great rap online, but it was great. Like I have nothing but good things to say about my time in Impact. Everybody, and I and I mean that everybody, like in the locker room, everybody in like the the uh, the organization side, everybody was really nice. Like I mean, I know for example, like uh, Dixie Carter was always like you know she she was she treated us with nothing but respect. Everyone, the locker room, I've never seen. Like it was like literally day and night as far as like. Uh, you know how more relaxed and happy people look. You know what I mean. There's a lot less uh, uh, people. Are, you know, we're talking about the psychological pressure of, of being in NXT. Yeah. Like you can see, like like people are a lot, lot happier, a lot more relaxed. Everybody was very welcoming. Um, it was great. I mean, learning like Arsenal. Arsenal is the man. He knows so much. Like I'm telling you, like this. In in WWE you got like in NXT you got you have Terry Taylor who is like the wrestling mind, but like Arsenal is like the equivalent in in Impact. It just like mm-hmm. he, like I, I learned so much from him in in so little time. It was crazy. Like he's uh, it's if if anybody if anybody is interested or if anybody goes to Europe and is interested in learning, like he's your guy, like for sure. Wow, that's <laughs> and. Um, yeah. But it was cool. I mean, I got to we got to work with the Hardy Boys. We got to uh, 
we got to work with like quite a few people. We, we, yeah. There was a, there was unfortunately, I think, um, um, there was what, what, what is, what they, what they needed us to do, obviously, because we were, um, uh, this, obviously this, this, this package, they, they wanted us to basically help, um, promote and put over, uh, share with, with like mm-hmm. a, a fixture, obviously of the Indian, uh, programs so from, from an international side. So that's how we ended up working a lot with, 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 with them, which, which was cool. It was just a pity. We didn't get to have like, obviously a bit more diversity, but from obviously from a business point of view, that, that made total sense. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, no, it was a pity, it was a pity that we had to leave, um, at that time. Um, but then again, you know, now that I see that they've changed completely the ownership and everything has changed, I don't know. I, I, I thought, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be happy there. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's in your plate now? I mean, is there any, you know, type of, uh, um, you know, you talked about the visa thing and, and just the legal point of it as far as working with a certain a certain type, you know, certain brand and only yeah. being exclusive to the particular yeah. promotion. Now, how can you work around that? Do you have a desire to come back to the states and work in the Indies? Is there a way around that? Well, right now, right now I'm a bit of a uh, transition uh, phase. I'm doing I'm doing other stuff. I basically uh, uh, I've been focusing as well on on other projects, especially in in acting as well as coaching on on uh, on my side, uh, like a coach CrossFit, and I'm uh, I'm doing other things like for myself. What I, what I'm trying like honestly right now wrestling wise after after being like the last uh, four plus years in uh, in NXT and then in Impact I'm taking a bit of a bit of a, a I took a little bit of time off to kind of like uh, think uh, what what I'd like to do I I'd like to basically what I'm interested in I'm a, to put it simply I'm a very creative kind of guy and I'm and I'm and uh, for me, like it needs to, it needs to be something that, that excites me creatively. Wrestling, for the sake of wrestling, isn't really necessarily something that 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 will be like um, the most appealing to me. And yeah. uh, but like, if there's a, if the, if there was a project, whether it's locally or on a, or on a bigger stage, I would certainly be uh, be looking into that. Like I, I know, like I've been I've been um, uh, I've been I've been thinking a lot about it lately. And, uh, and, and we'll see right now. I'm not like, I'm not in a rush. I'm not like, um, I'm not too much. I know as far as Canada, I know I can work anywhere in Canada with my, with my visa. It was just while in the United States, obviously it's very, uh, limiting the immigration uh, process and, uh, in the U S is very limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm not, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no excluding, excluding, um, uh, anything, you know, Especially like when I when I hear somebody like uh, Billy Corgan, which I saw was like a breath, a breath of fresh air when I when I met him in uh, in in Impact, who is like he's looking to potentially uh, uh, starting his own uh, promotion with the NWA. What I'm not sure exactly what it, what it, what he has in mind, but like knowing how creative a guy is and how um, how you know he's got a lot of respect for the traditions as well as the. Uh, as well as the uh, the the, the um, he's got like a really creative vision for wrestling. As in, he's uh, mm-hmm. he's already like, in my opinion, ahead of like what is being done right now creatively. And mm-hmm. it was a lot to do. Like I think he was behind a lot of the creative force that was towards the uh, 
the end of uh, last year in in in, in TNA. I uh, oh yeah, I'd be very interested in like working with someone like that. It's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like like it doesn't necessarily have to be like on a major stage, but it has to be like it has to be a creative process. When I see some of the stuff that's being done in the UK, like when I see ICW, when I see uh, uh, progress and how they how they basically view professional wrestling as more than just, oh, it's a show with like a bunch of matches. It's, you know, that creative thing is what drives me. And, uh, and it has yeah. to be that. I don't know if it will be myself in the ring or myself in the back, but mm-hmm. anyways, it has to be, it has to be more than just, oh, we're doing a bunch of shows for, you know, so that's, that's right now. That's where I'm at. So I, I have yeah. a, <laughs> Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I think that you'd be a perfect type of figure, type of type of. I mean, if they if they really, especially, I mean, that the character that Triple H thought, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. thought about, you know, and if if you put that in the hands of Billy Corgan, I mean, just Mm -hmm. imagine. You know, just the creativity yeah. that that type of mankind demented character yeah. can can materialize in the hands of Billy Corgan with just yeah. the broken hearties and the decay and just the creative stuff that he did in Impact. I definitely think that it has um, oh, a lot for of sure. And it's, it's it's yeah, yeah it's that's that, that's where I'm at. There's a, there's a lot of stuff like I mean. The great thing about that time in NXT is that I got to explore a lot of avenues, especially when Dusty Rose was around, like, you know, from a creative point of view. There's so much in store that I could bring. But again, that's, that's also something I'm thinking about. You know, it's like if I go back and, uh, and, uh, and, and go back just really properly into an indie wrestling, it will probably with like something new, something that I haven't done before. It will have to be something new. I don't want to be just doing like something that it has to be creative and it has to be new and it has to be, uh, something that drives me. So it's, we'll see, yeah. we'll see. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's been a fantastic time uh, spent with uh, Marcus Louis. Uh, Thank let you. The listeners know where they can find you on social media. Yeah, well, you can find me at uh, at Michael Vierge, uh on Twitter, and same on uh, sorry, Michael underscore Vierge at uh, on Twitter as well as uh, Instagram. And, uh, yeah, and if you have any queries, questions, comments, observation, you know, I'm always uh, – and I'm also on uh, – oh, sorry, on Facebook as well as uh, Baron Dax. And, uh, yeah, if you have anything, just, you know, let me know. And, if again, for people who are in Canada, um, you know, if you have any projects and ideas, you know, I'm, I'm more happy to hear it. And, uh, you know, if I can be of any help, you never know. Fantastic. Well, thanks. T- uh, thanks for spending time with on the show. And uh, well, thank you for having me. Yes, I feel like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> oh, it, it's great stuff. I appreciate uh, you sharing, and uh, it was really interesting stuff. And uh, it was not a problem. Time. Absolutely. Cheers. Have a good night, and uh, thanks a lot, man. You too. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Marcus Louis, Baron Dax, uh, Mikhail Verge. Vierge is uh, his, his real name, but man, uh, wow! <laughs> the sanity, the, the the Triple H, the uh, just the creative thing behind the uh, mankind sanity type of you know deranged character that didn't fruition. The reason why he left TNA and uh, just kind of uh, validating and just kind of um, uh, just kind of confirming uh, those things as far as why and. Uh, just his take on uh, NWA and uh, Billy Corgan. 
Very interesting stuff. So thanks so much, uh, Marcus Louis, for being on the show. All right, let's get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for the sake of time, let's uh, run through these headlines with uh, my friend, co-host of the show, Wonder Matt Radio, Evan Tech Proud. How are you tonight, sir? Good on, man. It's an honor to be here. How you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. Marcus Louis, some some great input, man. Some great insight as far yeah. as his time with NXT and, and Impact. Yeah, definitely love that. Uh, love that interview. Uh, a lot to say, and, and it was good to hear his take on you know NXT working with Triple H and Dusty and mm-hmm. Tom. And I'm sorry, not saying it anymore. The Anthem Impact now. At the OWL, oh, no, so uh, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I, I know it came in a little late, but um, the listening for the, the the you know the the last fifteen twenty minutes of it was, was great. So it was a great interview. Absolutely. All right. Without further ado, let's get to the headlines. <laughs> Ricardo Rodriguez, he just wants to train now. He he announced last week his in-ring retirement. I reached out to him. He was on the show, uh, the last show of uh, 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was on here, uh, shared some, uh, just, he shared some pointer, uh, just, just some things that he was doing, some endeavors as far as his India, as far as emphasis on training. Uh, cage announcer for, Alberto El Patron's Combate Americas MMA promotion. Uh, so he's doing some things outside of wrestling. Uh, when he was uh, Chimera, I think, or something, uh, Shamira, something like when he was, when he was uh, yeah, I think it was Shamira. Um, yeah. You know, he, he was he was he was really popular, and you know that that kind of uh, got him into a position as far as FCW. And he he explained as far as you know coming up with the idea of the ascension as far as it being a faction, he has a really interesting and creative mind. Um, but you know he's one. Yeah. You know I, I reached out to I, I, I talked to him last week. I, we we communicated last week, and he was just saying that the money's not there as far as just entering endeavors and just the focusing on training is what he wants to do from just a work standpoint. And just uh, he said he's been holding on for you know long enough and. He's only like 31, yeah. 32, so so he's still young. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, if he if it's time for him to hang it up, uh, you know, he just realized that uh, in the ring isn't where it is anymore. But you know, and, and it makes sense to me because he he never established. I mean, he w- with the exception of just his work in the Indies, um, he never really established himself as an in ring guy. You know, he he was the announcer yeah. guy anyway. So that, that, yeah, you know, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the fan base didn't know he was a wrestler to begin with, from the we knew. Um, but I, it, it makes sense, you know. He's still very young, early thirties, and you know, when you're we are already known to be a, a in ring talent, not necessarily a worker. You know, you, you know, for being an announcer for the real world. You know, he felt out a lot when it came with Orton doing a lot of stuff when it came to creative. I mean, if that's your niche, if that's your niche, and that's what people know you have to keep it up. I'm oh, sure yeah. he um, was pretty good in the ring, but like you mentioned, it's like he's starting over again. You know, people know him as being an announcer and being a mouthpiece, and then you try to book around and try to wrestle and work in the ring. A lot of people... It's going to take a while to reinvent itself in the way. So, 
Yep. Moving on forward. Exactly. You know, hopefully, yep. hopefully uh, he gets his bookings. Yeah, I think yeah. from a training standpoint, I think he'll be he'll be good to go. Uh, best wishes to him for sure. Uh, so, so the reason why Bailey lost uh, this was uh, I wrote a piece on uh, Inquisitor. Uh, it was first uh, uh, broke by uh, Dave Meltzer. Um, the reason why Bailey lost, uh, based, I mean, you know, it, it's the typical McMahon. I mean, this wasn't broke by Meltzer. Everybody knows this. I mean, it's the unfortunate part of some type of crazy logic that Vince McMahon has as far as having the baby faces lose in their hometown. And just, it kind of got to the point where just people period losing their hometown because Charlotte was, you know, one of the top heels on the, the entire roster last year. And she still lost in Charlotte. And of course, uh, you know, Sasha Banks lost in Boston and hell in a cell, but you know, we we've seen this for for quite some time now. Just the and his logic basically is, you you build more steam and more of a sympathy pop if you lose in your hometown, but at the same time that kind of goes against just a traditional standpoint because every time you know the baby face would win in their hometown, you know they would be building their hometown, they're like the hometown boy. So. You know, back in the day, I mean, if if if, <laughs> if there's some if there's some crazy wacky loony promoter that wanted the babyface to lose in their hometown, I mean, kayfabe was so real back then that that would have yeah. been a death wish <laughs> if somebody would have yeah, lost right. their hometown. Uh, yeah, but exactly. you know, I, I I'm not a big fan of that concept though. I think I think every time someone's in their hometown, I think you can kind of separate that uh especially if you're a baby face i remember when uh, regal uh won the tag team titles with i believe tajiri in the uk and and it was one of those things where it was the hometown boy you know he he came right, in right. and he, the pop was enormous and yeah, really you know, right, just, right. just those moments i think you can't right. especially the especially the direction of of wwe now it's not, it's not storyline. It should be, but it's not so storyline heavy. The storylines are so weak that I don't think they right. really afford, you know, someone losing the hometown. Right now, they need to focus on creating more moments. And I think if you have someone yeah, in their hometown, that'll help with creating moments that they need now because their storylines are, are relatively weak. Yeah, I agree with you. So. Yeah, I, I say on the cross, it is always easier to get a pop when someone, someone from town is in another country or, you know, is overseas, you know, Canada, UK, right. Finland, J- Japan, China. Germany. Yeah, you know, so Germany, uh, uh, Scotland. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely going to get the hometown pop even if they all are here because that's like a that's a totally different that's not the states. So nothing against I love Regal, but you get what I mean. It, you know, when you're in the States it would be you know, Boston or wherever, Chicago, you know, Ohio, you know, it's kinda of wishy washy if you're hill in your hometown. You might get cheered, you might get bold in your face. So like you said, the direction of WWE right now it's like you know, it really doesn't matter. It's you 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 want to like Vince with Bailey. 
like you said, she doesn't do nothing. She doesn't do anything for me in the ring. Well, like she's the belly to belly. Shout out to Magnum TA. But uh, she has a big fan base. She makes money. The four kids love her. The merchandise. And like you said, it's more social and predicated on building a character. Keep building her because she's still young. Building her character in a way she can successfully defend the title. Because she already looked weak, weak as it is when it came to Charlotte and Sasha. Now you have a bunch of bliss coming out the blue. She downloads on Raw. And Lisa, you know, it's not even a rematch. It's not like you got Bailey to feed her. And then Alexa Bliss wants to rematch and then Bliss beats her the second time. Nah, Alexa Bliss just shows up. First time they face each other, she wins. So, like I said, I agree with you. I don't agree with the concept. I think Bailey should have cut the title, should have kept building her character. And then if you want Alexa Bliss to win the second and third time, then do it. Yeah, I I agree with you, one hundred percent. I I I'm with you on that for sure. Um, I'm trying to figure out who it was. Was it Eugene? I might, might have been Eugene and William Regal. I just had him on my show last week. Um, but uh, I know that he did win. Uh, he did beat like Santino Morella um, for the Intercontinental title. Um, uh, in 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 Manchester, I believe. Um, so yeah, it was just that hometown boy, you know, just have that feel. Um, and I, I just really think they should keep that, you know, because you you're going to create. And, and here's the thing, just think about it this way. Just think about the next night, especially if it's a pay per view. Just think about like the next night on Raw, how much steam and how much pops. You know, the baby right. face is built by winning in their hometown. Just think about how much more heat the heel would get if they won on Raw. You know what I mean? Like that, it just makes more sense if the heat, right. you know, not e- and not even win, if they just demolish the person the next night because you've already created all this heat. And Becky exactly. Lynch was starting to get, yeah, not Becky Lynch, but uh, Bailey, she was starting to get. Not she wasn't as enormously cheered as she was in NXT and when she first came. So she needs right. as much pops and much steam as she possibly get. And I think it was a bad timing just to take that steam off her, especially if they want her to be the top baby face on Raw. You need to keep building that steam up and having that win in her hometown, taking that over the next night. So I believe they were in Fresno and just having that steam built and if they would have if you know if they had like if they had a bliss when the next night i still think it's a bit too early for bliss i think they should build her character on raw you know she won just the run of the mill number one tag you know number one contenders match and then defeats bailey on a minor pay-per-view i think that was ill-timed i think bliss um i really think that she's growing exponentially uh, just as a character and in the ring, I, I definitely like yeah. her. She's a hometown girl as well, so uh, she she has that advantage for me. I, I you know, and I've, I had a conversation. I forgot who it was. It was it was someone. It was actually when I was at WrestleMania. It was someone who I was next to uh, when I was in the uh, uh, the Camping World Stadium. Vince Man doesn't want to call it that. He, <laughs> everybody, you have to call it the Citrus Bowl. Uh, when I was when I was which, in I, there. which I agree, I agree. Yeah. It'll always, always be the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, just from a marketing standpoint, I, I can understand the Citrus Bowl has a better better feel to it, better ring to it. 
Um, but yeah, you know, it was one of those things that I was I was talking about how much I like Baron Corbin, and you know, I was explaining that the reason why I like Baron Baron Corbin is because I don't because he's such a good heel, and and I want him to lose, and I want you know he he's, he's such a rogue heel, and he wants people to hate. Him. He does a good job of people hating him. That's the reason why I respect his character so much. Same thing with the Miz. Like I want him to lose the matches, but I like him because he does such a good job playing oh, yeah. the heel. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and, and that's great. the thing. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing with Bliss. Like I'm not cheering her horn to win matches. But I like her as a character because she's doing her character so much. She, you know, it's it's so easy to boo her. It's so easy to dislike her. And we don't have heels like that anymore. I mean, and and that's what a heel is. And you know, Jericho does a good job with that. He he, he does his best to stay in kayfabe as much as possible, which I highly respect. And people like Bliss. Well, don't get me started on it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't even get me started on the kayfabe thing. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 such a lost art, you know, these days. It's it, it's so sad. It really is so sad, and I, I'm just not a big fan of the lost art of it so much. Uh, but people like Baron Corbin, people like the men. Like, I would say Braun Strowman to an extent, but I, I don't think it's a good idea with them putting him in a feud with Roman Reigns. I think that if he wasn't in a feud with Reigns, um, he would be such a enormous heel because he was getting booed like crazy, uh, and now they're doing thank you Strowman, which is stupid uh, because of Roman Reigns. So Roman Reigns is <laughs> Roman Reigns is such a heel to many people that someone like Braun Strowman out of anyone who almost killed Roman Reigns, you know, kayfabe life, you know, put him in an ambulance and threw him off a ledge and flipped uh ambulance quote unquote flipped an ambulance truck over, you know, d- did all those things but he's still getting thank you Strowman chance. So uh, just not, and not only with... that. Yeah, not only that and then, and then you know Roman gets all of this stuff, you know, he gets you know, dumped over for avalanche, thrown off a ledge. You know, he gets all this assault battery and then he shows up Two weeks later, with just his shoulder taped up, they can't even tell you specifically what his injuries are. Yeah. And then you have pictures of him at, you know, his his brother, you know, his yeah. you know his, his late brother's friend, who I was, who I did have conversations with off and on Facebook. And then, and then oh, you know, we're gonna have Roman Reigns just a week later, Russell Strowman on live live WWE events with no no problem. So not selling the the injuries at all, but we show up on Raw with just a shoulder, with just a shoulder wrap. Yeah, no they, cuts they, and bruises. And that's and that's and that's my whole point. Just from a storyline standpoint, just the storylines are so weak nowadays. And I and I've said this many times, and I feel so strongly about it. I think they. I think this is so ill-timed. I mean, with Roman Reigns getting so much heat by beating The Undertaker, basically retiring the guy, coming out the next day saying it's my yard now, getting booed out the uh, wazoo, and 
you know, of course I said before, the the Raw after WrestleMania is not a good litmus test at all, you know, as far as just where to go, you know, from from yeah, as far as storyline wise, but you know, it's it's consistent. I mean, Roman Reigns get consistent reactions like that. Not not to that, you know, degree, but you know, he still gets consistent reactions like that. So I just think, you know, I just putting having him beat the Undertaker and then putting him right into a feud with Braun Strowman. And the way that they did it, too, it, it was so organic. Just the heat that he was getting was amazing. And then they just squashed it when they were going to have a backstage interview with Roman Reigns. People are still interested to see what he has to say about beating The Undertaker. And then he basically gets attempted murder charges you know, invoked by Braun Strowman. So it's like... What a terrible way to just squash that win. I, I just I think that that is one of the worst. I was thinking about writing a piece of the top five uh, worst things in the past five years, and I have my number one. I'm not going to say it because I think I am going to write the piece, but that is definitely one of them. Just just that pivot that they did with Roman Reigns to put him in with Strowman. Is abs- I mean, it was so terrible, man. I, I, it was such a, a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, if, anything, if anything, I would have had him just keep that heat and feud with someone like a Seth Rollins or just like a, a baby face that there, a big show would have been a perfect. Uh, yeah, bring that Mark Henry. Know, Mark Henry. Yeah, Mark Henry. Henry yeah. Somebody, someone, someone who has that baby face feel to them still I think that it would have been perfect for Roman Reigns to feud with uh, you know turn him heel you know the, the plans are to have him against Brock Lesnar next year mania turn him face around Royal Rumble time or something like that but spend the rest of this year as him getting just being a heat magnet and they blew it it's, it's this Reigns the Chiefs taker my yard, then Strowman destroys him, and and it's, it's just like Dusty. I would say Dusty Rose. You have these day Superman. Anybody that knows me, I'm, I have a huge comic book collection. But it's like this: the Superman is not my, one of my favorites. Is when Superman Echo died in the nineties. You had these day come, these day defeat Superman. You know, we all know the iconic cover, and I have Superman condition copies of the Superman symbol with the blood, you know, in blood, where it's kind of dripping, or the the Superman cape on the flag tore up. You have Dean's Day to see Superman. And it's like, Dean's Dean's Day is the man. No one be Superman. Dean's Day beat him. That's like, yeah, that happened. Dean's Day be Superman. And then you have the Flash show up and beat Dean's Day. Makes no sense. It's, it's not right. right. <laughs> you just defeated Superman. You got, and then he gets the Flash, but, you know, he's not top tier. He's not Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. You know, they're like, you know, they're like eight, they're like eight, eight, eight people. They're, they're the top tier. You, you beat Superman. He's air quote dead in, in quotations. And then you got these days, the Flash comes to Green Lantern to feed you. What does that say? It's like what that right. makes no sense. And it's the same right. and I'm not 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 Strowman because you know, Strowman is great and they're pushing him heavy. 
it's kind of like, wait, you just defeated Taker, and yet, but now you're getting molly wops and getting pasted in the mouth by Strowman. And now, and now, now, and then, wait a minute, shout out to Nate from my, um, my buddy from Inside Wrestling. And then you got a photo in Italy. He said, Italy must have healing powers. And it's a picture of y'all standing next to each other with no injuries. <laughs> What is going on? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, and I agree uh, with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm a big fan of uh, of what they're doing with Strowman. I think they're doing a fantastic job with Strowman. It has nothing to do with Braun Strowman because I think they're building him fantastically. I was right. there in, you know, in Ohio. I was there at Raw in Columbus uh, when he did that implosion uh, spot with, with Show. But I just think it's a terrible time to do it with, with Roman Reigns. Yeah, I, I agree. It's Strowman could have beat up everybody else. Right. They could have kept somebody. the show feud going on. There, there wasn't, there and wasn't you know, a winner. You know what I mean? When, you know when what? the ring imploded, he just stood up, did the yeah. brawn thing, and that was it. There was no winner. They could have kept that going. But let's remember, technically, Big Show is, is stronger than Strowman. You know why? Because Big Show fell from the Cobo Hall. And he appeared just 30 minutes later. Uninjured. Talk about your healing powers. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the record there. No one's more miraculous than the big show and, and think, when he was with the Dungeon of Doom and, and feeding with Hogan I think, uh, when he was uh, Andre's son. Yeah, I, I will say more, but I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll. I'll hit you up at uh, off air about uh, ideas for Flavor of the Week. I was going to say more, but uh, we were saying that I always have an idea for Flavor yeah, the yeah. Week for next week. Yeah, this <laughs> show, 35, 40 minutes, she falls from the Pro Bowl Hall. <laughs> yeah, you appear unscathed, yeah. unscratched. Nothing. No, no oh, speck of nothing. Yeah. All right, let's run through these uh, these other ones here. Uh, Batista uh, states that the only way he'd come back is he had an angle with Triple H. I wrote a piece on that as well. Uh, he put Triple H over a lot as far as just walking him through the Mania match he had with him. He also said that his favorite match was against uh, Taker uh, at Mania 23. Um, personally, I'm okay with seeing Batista back one more time. Again. I don't. I, I just don't know how I feel about. I don't. I don't think that's going to cause much interest. I mean, because he wants. Because if he's going to feud with Triple H, it wouldn't make sense. Because Triple H isn't going to turn face, and it just wouldn't make sense. And the Batista wanted to come back as a heel when uh, you know in uh, 2014, but they made him come back as a babyface, and of course that didn't work. He got uh, basically just uh, tomatoed at the Royal Rumble when he won that year. So, you know, Batista would be the baby face. I, I don't know. I'm just from a star power standpoint, especially with uh, Batista's Guardians, you know, fame, it, it, it's okay from a star power standpoint, but at the same time, you know, they're both, I think they're both, yeah, they're both were born the same year, 1969, if I'm not mistaken. Batista is 48 now, I think, Triple H turns 48 in July, if I'm not mistaken. So they're basically the same age. They're almost 50 years old, both of them. And, and, you know, age doesn't matter if you have a character strong enough 
you know, to 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 compensate for your age. Like you have people like Sting and Taker that can go on forever because their character is so good. Um, but you know, with Triple H and Batista, you know that, that that's not the same thing. That they don't have mysterious characters, especially Batista. So I mean, like I said, from a star power standpoint, it, it sounds okay, but I don't think I'd be very interested in that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, we talked about that. I, I mentioned your article about the stuff on my show earlier. Is I, I don't want to see it. Is it, why you're almost fifty. Is is Batista? And granted, I'm not going to get I like Batista, but it's really yeah, Guardians one and two. He's been great at acting. You know, he's he's one of the few wrestlers that has a successful career in acting with The Rock. Nope, mm-hmm. successful. He was successful. I don't talk to WWE films. So, <laughs> it's, it's... Straight to DVD. You know, it's, right, it's DVD, you know, Batista comes back, see it again for the first time. He came back 2014. Batista already told WWE he said it. They're going to boo me. You bring me back as a heel, as a face, they're going to boo me. He got booed. There's nothing against you know, he didn't do anything wrong. But he just knew how it was. Batista yeah. coming back was cool. It was Batista still could work. I mean, you see him all blow up. You know, you talk about Goldberg blowing up. Remember the first month Batista came, he was tired from just walking oh, yeah. to the ring. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, did we really want to see, did we really want to see Batista and Trump's wrestle? They wrestled, they had a feed back in 20, 2005. WrestleMania 21, they had the, their program. They wrestled each other three straight pay-per-views. The Hell in the Cell, you know, the rematch, the Mania match. And it's like they were in their early 30s, and they were about to push 50. And right, if you can say, what about Brock and Goldberg? It's totally different. That's a that's a different beast. And it's like both yeah. of them don't got no hair anymore. Triple H didn't gain muscle. Which, uh, Batista kind of got leaner. And, oh, yeah. you know, still go and still could be teasing, but it's just, and you have the four kids of the day. They don't remember 2005. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. not exciting. And then, uh, you know, if that happens, you got the, the IWC is going to complain, oh, it's the old wrestlers, and it's still part time. Well, guess what? Their name still draw money. Still yeah. Butt, I mean, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And in and, and mm-hmm. WWE, please stop playing games with our hearts and our emotions and that dumb app game you got. By she putting Sting and the Undertaker facing off. I know what y'all are doing. Yeah. <laughs> I get mad at that every time. <laughs> yeah. But, I know, because you're yeah. still trying to hold on, man. And I keep telling you. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was holding on to you. It was until April 2nd. Yeah. <laughs> April 2nd was the, April 2nd was the confirmation, brother. Yeah, that was <laughs> the nail of the coffin. That was the funeral. <laughs> but no. Yeah. <laughs> Keep yeah, playing it on the video games. Yep, that's that's the only way you're going to see it. <laughs> so Titus O'Neil was sued by a former WWE cameraman. Uh, just real quick, uh, from Swerved. Well, he was a uh, he was hired by Swerved. Well, he was hired by WWE to film Swerved. Uh, there was a, a prank where people were using like a, a rod. 
to 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 shock people, and uh, uh, Titus O'Neil um, got upset, rightfully so. I mean, he was he was upset, so he swung uh, the camera off the cameraman. Of course, there were allegedly the cameraman say, stated that, uh, and TMZ covered that. Allegedly, he stated that there were some hand, arm, and wrist damages, and you know, I think it was like some crazy number, like $1.6 million or something crazy. Um, just real quick, just your thoughts on that. But, you know, the good thing is that he, he you know, he got honored uh, by WWE and Sean Waltman and other, you know, people online because he's doing a TED Talk speech uh, in, in a week and a half. Um, and, he's, you know, he's done, he, he does so many just uh, ambassador work and just, you know, father of the year. He was voted, I think, like a year or two ago or some, you know, within the past few years and just, you know, all the work he does outside, just, (laughs) it just compensates for just the lack of, you know, direction when they're kind of doing so with him now with the Titus brand, but just the past few years, he's been way off. Well, uh, just out of curiosity, glad that someone say this one, Neil, is he, is he official working for WWE? No, I think he was hired on to do the camera work for Swerved. And he's probably not employed right now by WWE to show correct. Right, right. So it all makes sense. You only sold him because you don't have a job. You were still in <laughs> WWE. If you still was working and had employment, you won't be suing him. You do shows like this, I'm pretty sure it's a waiver for him. You already know. Swerve, Hump, the Jack Butt Show. We all know it's not called Jack Butt, but it is on this show. It, you know, there's there's the there's the chance pulling pranks. Somebody may get upset. Somebody might swing. Mm-hmm. And you say, "Hey, you stop the rope, okay?" And with Titus O'Neil being one of the the main ambassadors for WWE, they were Captain Four Kid Cena. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, you probably caught him on a bad day. It's a prank. Yeah. Some people think it's legit. Yeah, he did whatever he did. Sense. It, it, it makes sense, sense, but okay. You're not working anymore, so what do you? They're not working anymore. I'm pretty yeah. sure you just want a quick, quick money, quick buck, and it's probably yeah, going to pay you off. It was probably a freelance thing, and you know he's probably looking for a job. You know what I mean? It's just he's trying to trying to find it again. So I hope the WWE that, does nothing with this at all. Just as far as I hope they don't that, hinder Titus. Well, it's not Titus' fault. You know, it's a sperm show. You know, it's not like him grabbing this man. You know, that that that, that was sent with him. But uh, <laughs> sperm is, is is not his fault. Yeah, he was reacting he to being upset. Yeah. Right, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's like in the court of law. Yeah, it's like in the court of law, which he reacted something like a trauma fashion. He thought it was legit. He reacted. It was, you know, it was on the show. The guy's freelance, so then he's probably going to pay him off or pay whatever it is just to keep him shut. Because the last yeah. thing you need, especially, is for you being a public, a publicly traded company, being a corporation, and you have one of your ambassadors, and it's already hit the news that he's being sued. So if you pay the guy off and just pay everything off real quick to shut him up, mm-hmm. that's that's the, you know, if you treat your battles, that's the best thing to do. Just pay him the money, right. shut him up, the news dies, everybody forgets about it. In the next two to three weeks, even the next week, we'll all forget about this. Cause no one oh, yeah. cares. No one can. Even at the end of the day, Titus O'Neil 
He's living his life. He's doing great work. You know, we're proud of him. He, you know, hopefully he works with his mic skills. But he, you know yeah, but I mean? he, that, he was such a good commentator that, that when he did a guest commentator with the, with uh, JBL, it, it was so you know it was so successful. But yeah, we uh, ROH uh, parent company Sinclair that purchased Tribe Media. Media. What does that mean for ROH? Not much unless they you know land uh, one of uh, Tribune's. Uh, Big networks they have is WG in America. So if uh, somehow ROH can can land on there, that'd be that'd be huge for them. Braun Strowman out for one or two months. Uh, we saw that on Raw, and uh, just as far as that angle, we'll talk within the next few weeks as far as just who's gonna, uh, you know, just our predictions of who's gonna face Brock Lesnar. Um, what's your real quick thoughts on uh, this week's? Uh, this week's uh, uh, programming, as far as Raw and SmackDown, and we'll get to that uh, real quick. Uh, from what I saw, uh, Smack, I mean, SmackDown was just okay. Uh, when did AJ Styles become a face that caught me off guard? But I guess he is. Um, Orton, Orton is born. He's just the champ. Uh, and I was more intrigued by by the by the hills and old Corbin. Big big fan of him. Kevin Owens shaved shaved face. Maybe Owens looks weird. I mean, that's cool. He didn't do much in the six-man tag from what I saw. Uh, and, you know, the gender juice and the gender kids, of course, strikes again. Uh, from what, what I mean, my, my girlfriend saw most of Raw, more of Raw than me. I mean, Raw was just weird. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. It was just off to me. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very off. It was very off. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just, the Miz and, 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 um, uh, the Miz and Ambrose lose it, both losing to build their intercontinental match. That was that was stupid. I like Kalisto's yeah, look though. He's he's so small. Yeah, I, you know, I can't yeah, I can't really I, I can't really buy into this his height though. But I like his look though. I like the music change. Looks like, like a karate the, fighter. Yeah, he there's something like about the eyes. Like what kind of like what Kane had. There's something about the, the the whole dark eyes look that I that I like. I like he, the, I like the gear. I like the mask. I like I like him. Uh, I think he should be one of the leaders of the 205. Uh, real quick, as far as SmackDown is concerned, uh, why is Luke Harper losing clean? So ridiculous. They they just totally jacked up his push. Nakamura is a rock star. I love what they're doing with him, uh, and I just can't buy into Jinder Mahal yet. So I just you know I tried it, but uh, I really can't do it. All right, real quick. We got like five minutes. Five of the week. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the flavor of the week real quick. The top five worst gimmick matches of all time. Who you got number five? Uh, my number five, Kendall from Hell. That's a really good choice. To me, just an old school uh, scalpel match. Uh, there's been uh, two big ones, and I think they both were just terrible. Basically, you're telling someone that I want you to have a tailbone issue. All right, real quick, uh, as Jim Cornette did. Uh, number four, who you got? A monster truck match, Cobo Hall. Probably having. Yeah. Uh, mine is Chamber of Horrors match. Uh, you had to basically oh, yeah. execute uh, your, your, you know, your your opponent, and it was just it was absolutely terrible. And then the 
the lever didn't even go off right. Yeah, it, 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 went all, it went down before it was terrible. Halloween Havoc '91, it was uh, it was terrible. All right, uh, number three, who you got? Who's I'll be putting that? That's that's really right, good. So bad. Yeah. House of Horrors for me. I think that was just. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> number, number two. One. Um, what was this called? The Ring of Fire match? Clean against Bray Wyatt with a rope suit on fire? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was so sad. <laughs> you forgot about that one, didn't you? Yeah, that was, that was terrible. Uh, number two for me, 19... Uh, what was it? 90... I think it was like 95, yeah. 95, uh, Uncensored, King of the Road match. Dustin Rose versus Black Oh, Black. yeah. Yeah, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Go go YouTube that one. You'll be utterly disappointed. Uh all right, number one, who you got? Uh you won't see this summit. Uh Buckhouse Stampede eighty eight. in a cage. Yeah, it was the Buckhouse Stampede and a cage match. Yeah. Look that I up. I like the I like the Buckhouse Stampede. I did too, uh, but it was in the cage. You had to escape yeah. the win, it made no sense. Yeah. Honorable mention to me the reverse gimmick battle royal for TNA. That was absolutely terrible. You had to go in the you had to you started outside the match, outside the ring. And you had to go in the ring. Yeah. Uh, but number one. Yeah, go ahead. I don't want to mention anything. I don't want to mention uh, the last nail off the just because I had Kevin Sullivan on my show. He said he hated that. That was such a 95. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Punjabi Prison for me. That was just, yeah, that whole concept was absolutely terrible. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, look, uh, look out for the uh, interview uh, in an article. Uh, kudos to Daily DDT. I'm with them now. I'm also with WrestleZone.com. I had a couple of pieces. I had a piece today, well, Tuesday, uh, uh, if you're listening to this show, uh, archive, last Tuesday, if you listen to it live, uh, like half an hour ago. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, through WrestleZone, I... I uh, the Rusev, I come back to SmackDown Daily BBC. I've been writing for the past. Uh, uh, I wrote a like, two or so pieces, uh, so it's been great. Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, so check out my work on Daily BBC, WrestleZone.com, and uh, of course I'm still with the Inquisitor. And just check out uh, some some new stuff we got. Uh, check out this uh, with uh, Baron Dax. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, I'll write it up as exclusive for Daily BBC. And thank you so much. Um, he actually tested me uh, and said it was good, really good. He really enjoyed himself. So I really thank him and just all the stuff that he shared. Follow my guy, uh, Evan Tech Proud, Under the Mat Radio, Tuesdays. You have Bobby Fish coming next week. we got like 10 seconds. Bobby Fish, yeah. we got next week, right? 9 o'clock. Yes, yes, Bobby Fish versus all time 9 p.m. And we also should be having Marty the Moth into Underground Current Talent. He's also in the movie with Adam Sandler, The Sandy, uh, Rex, Rex, whatever movie it's called. They used to Adam Sandler movie on Netflix. I don't even know how he still gets movies. Check us out. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. God bless you all. Until next week, enjoy your wrestling. And God thank bless. You. Have a good night. Bye. It was an honor. Thank you. It was. God bless you. Thank you.